The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Some of the things we've done in there, but I'll tell you this. Uh, she never gave up on us, me and some of the guys I was in her class with. And so it was a process. I, I can imagine that she may have went home. Uh, I don't know if she ever cried or not. I hope not. But I can imagine she went home and said, Honey, I got these boys in my class, and they are knuckleheads. And uh, we never knew it if she did. But she never gave up on us. And the reason being is she wanted us to learn something. Now, what she was teaching sometimes that's when you, st you may still do this. Y'all still teach like Shakespeare and English and stuff and uh, still do. Oh my goodness, why? You know, you too, Bruta, or whatever. <laughs> even you, Brutus, you know, that's the only thing I remember out of all the years of, of and I don't even know if that's Shakespeare, but uh, anyway, we learned all of that in her class and she taught us to get up and speak in front of people and it paid off, maybe. <laughs> so, the best days of our lives, we have much to say about this, Hebrews 5, 11. But it's hard to explain because you're slow to learn. I could see Elmira. We called her Elmira because she didn't like that. So, uh, In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers. Some of you teach the elementary truth of God's word all over again. You've heard it, you've heard it, but we're still having to teach the elementary truths. And you need milk, not solid food. And the writer of Hebrews is talking about learning. And we've, we compared last week going to school. And our first week, full week of school was last week. And we compared that with kind of life and, and going to school and life and what it means we, uh, we're going to look at three things. We just have one left this morning. And uh, the first was this, we, we go to school to learn. That's the purpose. The second is we have many teachers. And lastly, we hope to graduate one day. Uh, and as we begin to think about this, I, I started thinking about failures, you know. And we all fail. We all, the Bible says this in Romans 3.23, that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So we've all failed. We all make mistakes. We've fell in something, we fell at something, uh, and we can't ever allow our failures to get us down. Now, this is kind of review from last week, and uh, if we do, then uh, we, we stay where God doesn't want us. He don't want our failures to get us down. He, we stay in the pits of gloom and, and uh, doom and despair and discouragement, and uh, David was there one time, uh, the King David, and uh, he was uh, discouraged, he was depressed, he was in the pit of, of gloom. And uh, in Psalms chapter 40, he, he wrote this, I waited patiently for the Lord. And here's the good news. He turned to me, he heard my cry, he lifted me up out of the slimy pit. He lifted me up out of the mud and the mire and he set my feet on rock. And he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth a hymn of praise to our God. When it seemed like there was no hope, David said, hey, the Lord, he turned to me. David, boy, we could, we could spend the rest of the day talking about David. David had a lot of failures. David made a lot of mistakes. David, 
David, really a guy that is after God's own heart, according to Scripture. You know, he, he, uh, he was a murderer. He was an adulterer. He, he had all of these things against him, but he waited patiently on the Lord. And, and he had some difficulties in life because of some of those things. But he, he says here, the Lord lifted me up and he, he lifted me out of those circumstances. He planted me on a solid rock. He, he put a new song in my mouth. He put a praise uh, a hymn of praise to our God. And, and in order to have that, we must constantly and consistently cry out to God and go to God and look to Him and seek Him and lean on Him and learn from Him and love Him. And, and in order to do that, we have to have some learning. We have to kind of understand what God's purpose is. So we, we talked about last week going to school. We go to school to learn. And, and so whatever reason you're there, hopefully you've learned some things. And when we go to church and we think about growing in God's Word, there's some elementary truths. It says in Hebrews 5.12, by this time we ought to be teachers. And we still have people teaching us some of the elementary truths of God's Word over and over. Here are some of the elementary truths as a, as a form of review. God created man for fellowship. That's why we were created. When God created the heavens and the earth, He created man to, to have fellowship with Him. And, and man sinned, and He broke that fellowship with God. And we're all sinners. That's what we read just a while ago. And, and that's an elementary truth. God gave man a law in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. And, and because of that law, it was really to reveal that, that we had fallen short of God's plan. Man broke the law. He broke God's law. And God loves people intensely. That's an elementary truth of God's Word. And He, he loved us so much that He sent His only Son to die for us. An elementary truth of God's Word. God is gracious. He's going to save us because of what Jesus Christ did. That's an elementary truth of God's Word. We, we're going to spend eternity with God and with Christ if we've believed in Him, if we've asked if Christ to come in our heart. We're going to spend all of eternity with God. That's an, that's an elementary truth, and it pays to remember some of these elementary truths. The other side of that same coin is this. The unbelieving and the evil are going to be punished, and they're going to spend an, an eternity separated from God, and that's hell. If you're separated from God, that, that truly is a place of hell, and, and that's, that's an elementary truth of God's Word. Now, this morning, as I went over those elementary truths, then you may have said, well, I know all of those things. I remember those things, I've grown up with those things, or uh, just over the last month I've learned those things, or over the last 20 years, however it would be, I've learned those things, I know those things. If you know those elementary truths, you know what? You're ready to pass them on. You're ready to say, hey, I, I, I know this, and these are some elementary things that I know about God's Word. Here's our fear, and here's my fear. You know, I, I really just don't know what to say. I really just don't know... I can't go and tell someone about Christ. Well, these are just some elementary truths. Notice the writer here says we ought to know some elementary truths, but we're having to teach them over and over and over again. So once, we, once we're equipped with some elementary truths, there's some things that we have to share with others. 
So it's, it's just that simple. There's two forms of learning we talked about. One is kind of a learning that prepares us for uh, 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 making a living, and the other kind of compares us for, for how to live. So you have making a living and how to live. Hopefully you get part of that at home with morals and courtesy and loving others and uh, doing to others if you'd had them do to yourself. Of course, that's in Scripture, but hopefully you learn that from from parents or grandparents, someone who helped raise you. And Proverbs 1.8 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instructions, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So there's some things we learn there at home, but there's also some things we learn there in school and in, in, in church. And, and we call sometimes Sunday school and Bible school and different things. And uh, Christian education, that's vitally important because... We learn some things about growing in Christ, and, and we need to be open to learning to live the good life. Learning to, to live the good life. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says to the church, Follow my example, or follow what I've learned as my example, as I follow Christ who is my example. He, he told the church, hey, follow me as, as I've, I, I've been an example, as Christ has been my example. So we go, we come to learn about God's Word. We learn in school. We learn the elementary truths in school. We learn some elementary truths in Scripture. And hopefully we continue to grow. And as you go to school and, and as you graduate high school or you graduate kindergarten, you graduate eighth grade, you graduate high school, hopefully you can look back and say, you know, I've been learning all this time. And, and hopefully today you would say, you know, from the time I was born again, I've been learning all of these things. I've been learning. I've been growing as, as a Christian. Here's the second thing, and this is where we ended last week. We talked about we have many teachers. We have a lot of teachers. I could tell of mine, and you told of some of yours last week, and it was a, I really enjoyed that. We talked about encouragers. We talked about motivators. We talked about friends. We have a, a lot of different teachers that we learn from, not only in school as we think about going to school, but in church. And, and last week as we talked about teachers, and you were reminded of teachers from your past, some of you were reminded of teachers that you grew up in church with, and they taught you some elementary truths about God's words. Others of you said, well, I remember having this teacher in school. So all of those things kind of work together. We all have some some teachers that have, a, had, ha, have invested time in us, and, and because of that, we have been growing. It's great to have teachers that believe in us. And, and Paul is talking to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy 1, 5 through 7. He said this, This is the goal of this commandment is to love, a love which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some has wandered away from these and, and turned to meaningless talk, and they want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about or what they say so confidently affirm. Now, what Paul is talking about here, he's talking about God's commandment is, is a commandment of love. And he's talking about scriptures, and, and he's talking about Timothy being a teacher, spiritual teacher. And he, as he does this, he, he begins to explain a little bit about what God's teachings are and it's it's wrapped in love and then he points out some people here he says you know these scriptures are to produce love and in, in our hearts and our lives but some people they really don't know what they're teaching 
or what they're talking about. Let me give you an example. I heard a, a, a TV evangelist one time say this, that he went to Genesis 126, and he says, God gave man dominion over the birds of the air. Man, he's just preaching and hollering and ranting back and forth across the stage. And he said, what that means is if we had more faith, we could fly like a bird. Well, I don't believe that. I, 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 don't, I don't think we can fly because God didn't give us wings and little bitty bodies to go out and fly. I don't think that has nothing to do with faith. But this so-called spiritual teacher was up teaching that, hey, if you had enough faith, you ought to be able to go out there and fly because you have dominions over the birds. Well, the problem with that is if you really study God's Word, that has nothing to do with us flying like a bird. And, and that's what Paul is saying. Sometimes we have teachers that get out, they teach, and they really don't know what they're talking about. They just want to get up and teach. They just want to get up and say something. Boy, the church at Corinth, that's why he wrote the church to Corinth, because he had people in there. He said, some of y'all want to get up and be teachers, and some of y'all want to get up, and, and there's disorder in the church and all of those different things. That's why he addressed that. You know, uh, Christian students, they go to college sometimes, and it's amazing to me. And I told y'all some of the stories. Even J.C., she went to a, to a Christian school uh, there in, in Brownwood, and, and some of her professors even challenged God's Word and said, you know, is this really what God's Word? I went to Dallas Baptist Seminary, uh, DBU for a while, uh, and, and I had a teacher that said, you know, is God's Word really inerrant? And he tried to point out some things, and and uh, man, me and him, I was older by then, so I locked horns with him. I said, no, I, I don't believe any of what you're saying. And, and the bad thing is there was a bunch of students there that were 17 or 18. They were just soaking it up. He's a, he's a college professor. He must know what he's talking about. But that, that's not true. We have kids going to college, and they're coming out all mixed up. One man says, I was raised in the church. This is a student. Went to a secular college. A year later, he said this, Now the way I see it, Christ isn't the only way to heaven. Because if we'll live a good life, if we simply believe in God, that's the most important thing. And the Bible, after all, isn't a divine revelation. There are errors there. So he goes to school. He has a teacher who teaches him, Hey, maybe this really ain't right. Maybe the Bible really ain't right. Acts 17, 11 says, Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with eagerness. Now look what they did. And they examined the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul was teaching was true. To see if what Paul said was true. And folks, when it comes to us learning, we have many teachers and we have some great teachers and we have some godly teachers, both in our school system and our churches. But folks, when somebody teaches you something, when I stand up here and, and I point something out in Scripture, don't just take my word for it. I, I may have messed up. I may have misinterpreted something. I may have, I may have took something in God's Word and, and said, you know, you could fly. And, and you may go home and say, well, wait a minute. As I was studying that, that's not what that means at all. And that's what, that's what the writer of Acts is here is saying. He said, you know, these Bereans, they took, they took what Paul was teaching. They went back and they studied the Scriptures. What did they have? They had the Old Testament. They had the Old Covenant. They had the Old Scrolls. They went back and they studied it to see if what Paul said was actually true. 
We need to use the, the, the uh, guidelines of what people are teaching and, and use the Scripture, use God's Word as a guideline. When we do that, we won't go wrong. 2 Timothy 3, 13 through 15, again, Paul talking to Timothy says, While evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, continue in what you have learned, what you've become convinced of, because you know those from whom you heard it. And now from infancy, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through Christ Jesus. Y'all remember Paul, he's a, he's a teenager. He's a young, young man. And Paul is, I'm a Timothy, and Paul is teaching Timothy. If you look at this, think about what Paul's really saying. He's saying, Timothy, there's teachers out there. There are some that's bad and things are going to get war, worse and they're going to be deceiving and they're going to be deceived. But remember what you learned. Remember what you're convinced of. Remember who taught these things to you. We talked about last week teachers that made a difference in our lives. We trusted them. We know what their foundation was. Remember those things that you've learned from the youth, from a time that you first become a Christian. That's what he's talking about from infancy. And remember that there's knowledge, there's wisdom that will bring you to salvation through Christ Jesus. We have many teachers, but simply because someone has a title of the teacher, we need to go and we need to use God's Word as a guide for what we're learning in church. I hope you'll always take God's Word and you'll back up and you'll look at what's being taught to see if it's the truth of God's Word. So we, we go to school to learn. We have many teachers. And here's the last thing this morning. We hope one day to graduate, don't we? Does anyone go to school and hope, oh, I never hope I never graduate. You know, I hope I'm never a graduate. Some people may spend 12 years in college, but they're still hoping to graduate at some point. Joe, he, he was talking to a guy. He said, you know that my college turns out some great men. Bill said, well, when did you graduate? He said, well, I didn't. I just got turned out. You know, that, that's the question. Somebody chuckled once. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to scratch this and out. Don't use again. <laughs> Are you with me? Say I am. Good. It's graduation day. A&M University. It's going to be a good one. We got some A&M graduates here. John's their star football player. They're all assembled. It's time to graduate. The entire senior class stands up. John's failing. Let John graduate. Let John graduate. The dean agrees. John, we're going to give you one last test. We're going to stand you up in the middle of Kyle Field where you've gained all your notoriety, your popular. We're going to have the student body here. We're going to give you one more test. John agrees. Student body all gathers. Professor says, I have five apples in my right hand. I have five apples in my left hand. John, how many apples do I have? John thought for a moment. He studied long. He studied hard. He said, ten. He got silent in all of Kyle Field. 
And almost in sync, the entire group said, Oh, come on, Dean, give him another chance. <laughs> he already graduated from A&M. He said, scratch it out, too. So uh, the, the moral of the story is this. Just because you graduate doesn't necessarily mean you know anything. Isn't that true? I mean, just because you graduate doesn't mean you should have graduated in the first place. There's a, uh, a philosopher, Will Durant, says, 60 years ago, I knew everything, but now I know nothing. Education is a progressive discovery of my own ignorance. Think about that. That's a pretty good statement, isn't it? 60 years ago, I thought I knew everything. Boy, I graduated, I knew it all. But now, 60 years later, I realize I know nothing because education is progressive discovery of my own ignorance. I admit that the more I know, the more I learn, the more I realize I didn't know and I haven't learned. I tell them guys at work a lot of times, you just don't know what you don't know yet. And that's kind of it spiritually. God reveals His secrets to us. God reveals His mysteries to us. We don't even know what we don't know yet. The more we grow, we realize, hey, I didn't know near as much as I thought I did. And, and we begin to grow in Christ. And even if we graduate from college with a degree, we still continue to learn about life. Sixty years later, we're still learning about life. And, and there's nothing wrong with us. If we're not still learning, then there is something wrong with us. We continue to grow. We continue to learn years after graduation. That's just the starting point. <coughs> Again, listen to this. We have much to say about this. It's hard to explain because sometimes we're slow to learn. In fact, by this time, we ought to be teachers. We need someone to teach us the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. Instead of being teachers, we need milk and not, uh, not solid food. The inspired writer, he says, we're slow to learn when it comes to, to Christ and the Bible. And, and I would say that's true of us. I think most of the time we're slow learners when it comes to, to growing spiritually. We may do a great job in school. We may graduate. We may, we may move into a business. We may start a career. We may excel in our career. But spiritually, where are we? There's Albert Moore. He's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He, seminary. he wrote researchers in George Gallup. You've heard of the Gallup poll. Put, the, put this problem squarely. He says, Americans revere the Bible, but by a large number, they don't read it. And because they don't read it, we have become a nation of biblical illiterates. How bad is it? This is according to Barna research. Researchers tell us that it's worse than most can imagine. Listen, fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you didn't know what the Gospels were. Those good news of Jesus Christ, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. They talk about the good news of Christ. Many Christians can't identify more than two or three of the disciples. According to data from Barna Research, 60% of Americans can't name even five of the Ten Commandments. And Barna said, no wonder people break the Ten Commandments all the time. They don't know what they are. The bottom line is Americans have become biblically illiterate. If you don't believe that statement, watch Jeopardy. Y'all ever watch Jeopardy? Alex Trevec, you know. He'll have Bible questions on there. 
And, and it's, if you ever played Bible Pictionary, there's some tough questions in there. He'll have questions as simple as, okay, there was, when the flood came, there were two animals loaded on the ark by him. And they'll say, who is Paul? We're all like, oh, come on now. You know, everybody knows it's Moses. You, you just got to move on from that. We sit there and watch it and, and, and say, man, there's no way they don't know this. But, folks, that's, that's where we're moving in America today. I mean, we're moving in that direction that, that hey, we, we, we're becoming biblically illiterate. Why? Because we just don't study God's Word anymore. If we, if we studied at school and we, we studied our, our lessons at school as much as we studied the Bible, would we ever graduate? Would we ever be a graduate? I mean, brothers and sisters, if we're biblically illiterate, how can we hope to graduate? There's, there's something in Christianity we think about graduating. You may be thinking about moving on to heaven, and that's, that certainly is going to happen one day. But I'm talking about graduating, moving up, that we might train others, that we may teach others. And that's what Hebrews 5 is talking about. 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul again says, And the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men and also to qualified teachers. Paul says this, I have taught, I have told others that, that here's God's word and, and I, I give it to reliable people that they may be teachers of others. So what should we do? We need to keep learning. I know it was Noah that built the ark. I was just making sure you were in tune. Keep learning. Be willing to share your faith. Be a part of what God is doing, how God is moving forward. Be ready to graduate in faith, moving from that from that spiritual milk into moving to that solid Word of God so that we may be able to answer others. Paul again, and this is where we're going to close. We are confident, I say, and we would prefer to be away from the body and to be at home with the Lord. He's talking about his graduation. So we make our goal to please him, whether we're here at home in this body or whether we're away from it. And to be away from the body has been to be in the presence of the Lord. Get this statement. Someone said this, nature forms us. Sin deforms us. School informs us. But only Christ can transform us. Nature forms us. Sin deforms us. School informs us. But only Christ can transform us. Let's bow our heads together this morning. A secular education is great. It's good. We've got to have it. A, a spiritual education is even better. Someday life's going to end and all those degrees are not going to matter. They, I'm not saying they're not important. I'm not saying we don't need to get them. We, we've, got to be, we've got to be able to move forward in this world today. and we, We've got to be able to make a living and we want to excel in our businesses and our companies and we want to be the best that we can be. The Bible says this, when we work, work as though we're working for the Lord. He wants us to excel in our jobs, but not at the cost of missing out on a spiritual education. Make your aim to pursue Him, to trust Him, and make school, learning about Christ, your aim, your number one goal. God says this, all these other things we run after will be added to you. Father, I pray this morning, as we just consider the truth of your word, we consider, Father, the, how much school is like life and that we, we constantly learn. 
with many teachers, some good, some bad, some we fight against, some we accept. But Father, I pray that we'd know ultimately we're looking forward to that graduation day, the day that we move from, from that spiritual milk, that we can move into something a little deeper and something a little deeper. Father, that we might have an encouraging word, that we might become that teacher that's never gives up on someone, that, that's encouraging to someone, that's uplifting to someone, that's helping others grow. As we look at Paul and Timothy and realize that's what Paul had done. Father, I pray that, that we would work towards that, knowing ultimately to be absent from our body is to be in the presence of our Savior. Father, knowing that, that ultimately that's our prize and that's our goal. Father, while we're on this side of heaven, I pray that we would be teachers of your word and we wouldn't merely be hearers but we'd be doers and i pray this in the name of jesus amen if you